know you've really made it to the big time when you start soliciting family members to be part of your show. I'm sitting here today with my sister, Jen. Say hi, Jen. Hey, what's up? And um, I am, did I say you were younger? I don't even know. You didn't. <laughs> okay, she's three years younger than me, so she's doing me a solid uh, supporting the elderly by uh, coming on this podcast. So here we are. Jen, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? All right, Kristen. Hey, everyone. It's Jen here. Um, I, Like Kristen said, I'm three years younger than her. I married, and last year I had my first son. His name's Connor. He's nine months old. I'm a children's therapist trying to survive during COVID with a nine-month-old. Good times. I've been married for almost 10 years. Yes. So as you can tell, she's married and I'm not. And so, (laughs) you know, traditionally, it's usually the older sister blazes a trail, which obviously I did a very good job because she is successful in her own right and maybe learned what is bad in relationships and to steer clear. I I may have taught you that. Yes or no? (laughs) Yes. So here we are. So um, I am a good influence um, in that sense. But Jen, you got married. First of all, let's just talk about you got married. I don't want to say on a whim, but very, very quickly. Um, It was like an engagement and then a uh, trip to Vegas. And (laughs) she did not talk to our 100% Italian Sicilian father about doing so. Can you just share some insight into your journey from girlfriend to fiance to married woman uh, very quickly? Sure. Well, the reason all that kind of happened, like you said, very quickly, I met my husband, Ryan, when I was 20 years old, I met him at school. I was actually in a relationship with somebody else who, uh, lack of a better word, was a tool. Yeah, so weird. (laughs) And I met him in class and had an instant connection with him, but was in a relationship. And my future husband was in the military. So he was very, very busy, kind of in and out of school. And I was in a relationship that I was committed to. It didn't end up working out, go figure, because he was a tool and just an odd duck. So late. And he lifted mad weight. <laughs> and then some. And then I reached out to my husband on Facebook, or my future husband, just to kind of reconnect, because I really connected well with him, just kind of on a friendship level. I never really went anywhere beyond just seeing each other in class but he just had that kind of genuine way about him and he was so friendly and just you know you could talk to him about anything and I was actually really surprised because I've never met a guy like that usually there's a guy who's just doing everything possible to impress you and you know tell you all the things you want to hear and I didn't get that from him so I reached out to him he found out that I was going to the ACD ACDC concert at Gillette Stadium and he ended up going and we met up and then took it from there but uh he told me a short time later we had only been out a couple times that he was deploying to Iraq the following year for the whole year so this was 2009 and he was going to be leaving all of 2010 and at that point we started dating full-time So it was pretty much like, we got to make a decision here. Are we going to try to make this work or are we not? Because it's not worth it if it's not going to work out. So we committed to each other and he 
deployed to Iraq the full year of 2010. Our main source of communication was Skype, thankfully. You know, it's not like in the olden days where it was just letter exchange. She made sure to doll herself up uh, during the time change. I remember walking down the stairs half dead. <laughs> I think I was... I don't even, I was in college at the time and, oh no, I wasn't in college. No, you weren't. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> but basically, yeah, she, she dolled herself up at 7 a.m. Some of us looked like. Uh, Death's door. Yes, thank you. <laughs> um, so she was, she was in it. She was in it for sure. So obviously the relationship progressed. You got engaged and you got married. It happened pretty fast. So what led you really down to the, down the aisle? I know you were. You were engaged. You were on a road trip. Were, did you pre-plan to go get hitched in Vegas by Elvis, or um, did it was it just the spur of the moment thing? You know, it's funny you ask that because this was after he got home from Iraq. We got engaged, and that was January. And then over the next few months, we started talking about getting married. We just knew, you know, it's cliche, but when you know, you know. So, <laughs> so we decided, you know, we really wanted to get married. We started kind of looking into the planning process. It was such a nightmare. People are really annoying and very opinionated about your wedding. I didn't, I'm not really into that. I like to do my own thing. I'm not really a super traditional kind of person. So we decided to do a road trip and we said, you know what? We're just going to get married when we, you know, wherever we go. We planned on doing it on the beach in California. But once our road trip got underway, we drove across the country, actually. And um, we were near Vegas and we just said, hey, the hell with it. We're going to stop and get married. And it was kind of hard because, you know, we didn't have family there. We only told both of our moms. Um, so it was kind of a shock when we got home and we revealed the news. True that, true that. <laughs> you know, but... Ultimately, we did what we wanted to do, and later on, we had a big outdoor backyard party, and we invited all of our family, and we, you know, we did a small little thing. Well, you know, you're together now 10 years later with a baby, so um, there's many people that have gigantic $50,000-plus weddings, and they make it a year, and then they're divorced, so... You kind of have to do what you got to do. Obviously, your story is pre-dating app, so you weren't slumming it like the rest of us to find love, but, you know, that's a great story, and uh, that's good. <laughs> uh, we're going to get a little bit more into that because though you got married in your 20s, you waited to have a family now in your 30s, and there's a lot of pressure there for women to kind of talk about, well, what's next? Everyone's waiting for you to, okay, you found somebody. When's the wedding? Then you got married. When's the baby? Okay, now when's the house? So there's all these things that I want to get into. But first, I want you to participate in our Not A John Wayne segment. So if you're new to the podcast, and I'm sorry, if you're not, you're going to have to hear the spiel every week. Basically, I ask guests to come on and make a plea as to what men do, typically on dating apps or in life in general, that just do not embody that stereotypical manly man, the John Wayne that's just going to save us from our pathetic lives. So you are not on dating apps. You've never been on one, but I think you can give some perspective just about, or not even perspective, you can just share kind of an annoying thing that men do or your husband does or just things, you know, that you married ladies complain about. Do you have a topic in mind that you could just uh, tell us what it is? When a man gets sick. Ooh, and I don't think you even have to be married to be able to talk about that. So I'm just going to get my timer ready. 
You have 60 seconds to plead your case, and I'll let you know when time is up. Are you ready? Ready. Set and go. So, like Kristen said, I I don't think this is just for married women. This is across the board. When a man gets sick, it's like the world is coming to an end. We get a head cold. We're under our blankies. We got our stuffed animal. You know, we need to put our thumb in our mouths. And then I'm doing dishes and laundry, taking care of the baby. I might have a head cold myself, but I can't stop. You know, and I got to make sure he's okay. And he might get an extra day to sleep in and I'm still getting up with the baby and doing all the other things I need to do. I mean, it's a tough life when you're a guy, but you know, we as the women, we're the caretakers, take care of everything. We don't complain. The whining. Oh my God, the whining. Like you think you're on death's door and it's a head cold or it's something so simple. It's like, just get over it already. Get up and do what you need to do. I'm not going to wipe your bum. Well, time is up, but I think you certainly made the most out of your time. Yes, I think this is like a disorder men have. You know, we've all, I've definitely experienced in relationships uh, when they're sick, it's the end of the world. I don't think, you know, John Wayne would be like having his feet up like with a thermometer under his tongue. He'd be like shooting up a saloon or like, I don't know, wrangling cattle. So not a John Wayne, men crying about being sick. Thanks for that, Jen. Now I want to get back to what we were talking about earlier. The sort of pressure being in your 30s. You are, how old are you? You're 31 now. (laughs) There's also this issue when you are enter your 30s, you kind of forget how old you are. But basically, you know, you were married in your 20s. You kind of did things on paper, I think, as they come. You got married, you got engaged, you got married, you bought a house. But you waited some time to have a family. And so... You know, what was that like to get, you know, fielding all these inquiries? Obviously, you said that people were opinionated about the way that you got married so quickly and so young. And then you just had this this time in between then and having a baby. Can you talk a little bit about what that was like and, and kind of how people treated you during that time? Well, I think, you know, people just don't understand when you get married young. They think you're immature. You really just don't really know anything about life. I mean, I was 22 when I got married. I wasn't even in my career at that point. I was still in college. I mean, we lived at his mother's house. So there's there's a lot of, uh, you know, question about, well, were you really ready to make such a quote unquote grown up decision? When you're married, there's sort of this expectation. Well, when's the baby? Oh, you've been married this period of time and you still don't have a kid. What's going on? You know, this is the next step. It's like everything has to be sequential where it's like you get married, you do this, you do that. Okay, now it's time for a baby. But, you know, we had a long period of time where we wanted to do things right. We wanted to finish school. You know, my husband's still being in the military. We wanted to buy a house. You know, we did a lot of stuff in between. We did a lot of traveling. And I'll admit, I did want to have a child. My husband didn't feel like he was ready. And that kind of played a role in that delayed time frame but yeah you do kind of deal with a lot of comments of you know you know where you're coming from Kristen where you're like people are saying oh you're this age and you need to have all these things and you need to be married at a certain age and then on from my end it's you need to do this correctly you need to really think hard about you know your decisions and jumping into things so quickly because you're going to end up divorced and you're going to end up alone or you know you're going to end up back in your parents house so it's a lot of 
it's a lot of opinions that you got to kind of ignore along the way and just kind of go with what works for you. Well, also just being a 30 year old female, you're, you're constantly reminded of your ticking clock. So yeah, you could be married, but like you said, maybe a baby is not in the cards or something that you want right away. And, and it's just, there is so much unnecessary pressure that we put on ourselves because you have this, you know, you're like, it's ingrained in your brain that it's, it's not normal to be single and childless. Like you should have the family in the house and the picket fence and two kids. And so there's a lot of pressure there. We also live in just a social media driven life. And I think you can talk about this too, Jen, of just everyone, you know, showcases the good stuff and the families and the, you know, oh, the posts, here's our new home and our baby and, you know, the monthly updates and things like that. When behind closed doors, it's all bullshit. So I know that you, you could definitely feel that pressure as well to kind of like fit this mold that is so unrealistic and stupid. Yeah, I feel like when it comes to social media, it's almost like everybody's in competition with each other. If your friend gets engaged, then you're going to start scrambling, you know, to get into a relationship because you want to get engaged. And then if they buy a house or they have their first child, I mean, it's it's very competitive. I mean, when I when I bought my first house... And mind you, I was still not a mom when I bought my first house. And, you know, we bought a four-bedroom house. And people would say to me, well, why are you buying a four-bedroom house when it's just you and your husband? You're childless. You don't need a house that big. And I remember thinking to myself, well, you know, does any do people buy a house without the thought of the future? In my mind, you know, I, I wanted to have kids. I didn't exactly know when it was going to happen, but I was... I guess, preparing for my future without having to move again or, you know, to go through that hassle. But, you know, again, there's those opinions again. Everyone's got them and they're not afraid to share them, unfortunately. Absolutely. Everyone has an opinion. And there are a lot of opinions, obviously, internally uh, when you got married. And I think there's also just to turn the spotlight on myself, there's a lot of opinions about me approaching, you know, my mid-30s. I'm single. So I always have those sort of Rachel Green from Friends moments when I'm like, you know, when Rachel turns 30 and she says she's depressed and she says, you know, she pretty much all the goals she wants to have to be married with a child and all of that on her 30th birthday, she said pretty much she has to meet someone that day. So she'll be able to meet her timeline and her goal to get married and have that baby. So now that you're kind of settled um, and you're checking all the boxes there's people in this family that talk about me and have their opinions. And sometimes they say them to my face and sometimes they don't. And I don't want to like call out my parents by any means, but you've had side conversations with both of them. And a lot of times our dad just says to you that he just wants me to be happy. Can you talk about that? Yeah, it's kind of awkward. Not going to lie. Um, me being a therapist, I feel like people always want to open up to me and ask me my opinion about things. But this is kind of one where I feel like it's your life. You're an adult. You have a successful career. I mean, I don't know why that's not good enough for some people. But I just feel like, again, there's this societal norm where if you're not with somebody, it's like taboo for you to be single. It's taboo for women to not have children. And you know, when I get approached from either parent or both of them at the same time, and they're like, you know, I'm worried about her. I don't want her to be alone. I don't want her to enter the next phase of adulthood by herself. You know, I want her to be taken care of. And it's like this idea that you can't take care of yourself without another person to take care of you. Like in case something happens, 
I would feel better ending. <laughs> no, I would feel better leaving this world knowing that you had somebody there for you and there to take care of you. And that's kind of the thing that they always seem to say constantly. Yeah, and I get that a lot. I mean, yes, my parents. My parents also a little bit uh, morbid these days. Uh, you know, <laughs> making out their will and all of that. So you know, being the oldest, it's it's been great. You know, to talk about power of attorney and all that. Aside from that, though, yeah, I think when I meet people and then they ask me how old I am, which is rude, and then hear that I'm single, like I always try to preface. I mean, now I'm so far away from that relationship. I was in a prolonged relationship throughout my twenties, and it was a disaster. And yes, I learned so much from that, but I really enjoyed kind of being free and and making my own decisions and not really relying on anybody and like that should be enough it's enough for me at this point and yes like if a relationship or an op- with someone does arise like that will be great but I'm not going to put this unnecessary pressure on myself and it's other people shouldn't either so I want to lighten the mood a little bit my sister and I obviously grew up in the 90s and we've had many conversations <laughs> about sort of the the movies that may have shaped us in adulthood and given expectations and perceptions, we thought this would be a great opportunity to talk about those movies that, I don't know, like bullshitted the high school experience, the dating experience, love life, marriage. And so we have like a few that we know most of you who listen to this podcast can really identify with um, that are just like full of crap. So Jen, why don't you go first and, and bring up one of them? So I really like the movie 10 Things I Hate About You. That was one of my favorites. Uh, R.I.P. Heath Ledger. I know. Oh, my God. Heath Ledger was the best. Julia Stiles. I loved her hair. Larissa Olenek from Alex Mack back in the day. But that was. You are just like, <laughs> she's on it. She, no, you don't need IMDB here. She's, she's on it. No, but that was like the movie, you know, where you saw um, Heath Ledger. I mean, he was this kind of greasy bad boy in the movie, and he was just, oh my God, he was so hot, first of all. But he was so good to her, even though he was doing it, you know, for money. He was just so sweet, and he was just kind of like, I don't know, he embodied like the bad boy, but like the sweet guy that would go above and beyond, even when she's puking on his shoes and he's taking care of her. I was like, oh my God, I want a guy who's going to be there when I crack my head on a chandelier, you know? Oh my God. But she was also like so unbothered and too cool for school. And then of course, like everything, you know, a la she's all that. Oh, it's gets paid to take out like the weird girl and then ultimately falls in love with her and gets serenaded, which would like... It's never happened in my life. Not in my life either. <laughs> yeah, it's very, you know, you can act like a total idiot um, and be mean to people and the hot, troubled guy will come and, you know, sing to you and, and you'll live happily ever after. Another one, which you said you don't even really remember watching, which is crazy, has never been kissed with Drew Barrymore. So like, hello, Josie Grossy. <laughs> Look, high school wasn't a highlight for many of us, but for her, you know, the premise of never been kissed, she goes back to high school years later as like an undercover agent or whatever. Um, and she ends up being the popular girl in school. And then her teacher like falls in love with her, but she's technically a student he doesn't know and she wins prom queen and again it's all these expectations of like oh this this guy who's like wants to be with me but he can't and then eventually don't even get me started about when she has her very first kiss and I'm sorry spoiler alert this probably came out in like 1997 so sorry (laughs) if you're late to the game but he he runs out on the pitcher's mound and he gives her a kiss she's never been kissed 
I mean, talk about pressure. Um, where do you put your hands? Do you close your eyes? Do you know what you're doing? Do you use tongue or do you not? And meanwhile, <laughs> the entire student body is watching you. Again, just unrealistic expectations. But those movies are all about like being troubled and alone and, you know, you're single and you don't have anything really going for you. And, and then you find yourself um, through, a, through a man and then you live happily ever after. So we talk about those a lot. Like, obviously, we love the movies and the sh- TV shows like Dawson's Creek. Like, oh, oh, yeah. Uh, Casey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. P- who then moved on to The Affair. I know. Oh, my God. Uh, Joshua Jackson on The Affair, Showtime, go. Cute bum. Run, don't walk. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I think they really kind of shape our perception of, of where we should be in our life. And when you watch them as an adult, you have those total moments where you're like, this is so unrealistic and ridiculous and yeah clueless oh yeah hooking up with her brother or stepbrother stepbrother former stepbrother yeah yeah so yeah definitely you know treat yourself this week and pop in a couple of those old 90s movies that you once adored and and get some perspective because i think it's really helpful well, to close, I just want to thank Jen for coming on uh, today during her busy schedule. We have her baby is um, upstairs with his grandmother right now, uh, keeping quiet as we try to do this. So I appreciate that. Any last words, thoughts, uh, anything you want to leave our listeners before we sign off? So, ladies, the cowboy is out there. Have some standards, but don't have too high of standards where, you know, he needs to look this way. He needs to have these muscles or he needs to have this. He needs to have that. Really look for that genuine good guy because I can tell you after 10 years of marriage, you can't go wrong. Thanks for having me on the show, Kristen. Good luck out there, ladies. I mean, wow. That I mean, this podcast has been like kind of a bitch fest for the last uh, three weeks. So what a high note to end on. Well, I want to thank Jen again for coming on and giving some great perspective and sharing where, you know, her experience, a woman in her 30s that's trying to navigate all of this, just like the rest of us, single or not, we still all have those same pressures around us and we really just need to lean on one another and and stop adhering to what society thinks we should be doing because we're killing it in our own right. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you find your podcasts so you'll be alerted every week when the new podcast drops. And don't forget to follow this podcast on Instagram at Cowboys Gone Pod. I'll see you next week.